Welcome to another episode of Crazy Canuck Crockett. I want to thank all of the new followers that have come along and for those that have continued to follow along for all this time. And um, let's get right into it. Don't forget to rate and review. And if you have questions about trucking or questions about what I talk about or what my guests talk about, please send me an email at crazyconnecttrucking at gmail.com. Uh, I will have that in the show notes. Also, if you want to help keep the show on the air by uh, helping to pay for some of the costs, then there will be a link in the show notes where you can do that and uh, support me. And I greatly appreciate any bit of help because it uh, it's not free what I'm doing here. But anyway, it is uh, it is what I do, and I I enjoy doing this and listening to stories of amazing people and uh, trying to help out in the trucking industry as well and helping people navigate through things. But let's jump right into it. Springtime, or it's getting to be springtime. It, you know, I'm in the in Canada, so it's kind of it's still uh, quite a bit below freezing here many days. And uh, but the sun is getting higher and getting warmer and uh, the days are getting longer and snow is starting to melt and road restrictions are coming up. So wherever you are, pay attention to the road restrictions. Uh, they are all over the all over the map, literally, as far as um, where is a good place to drive, where is not a good place to drive. For those that don't know what road restrictions are, you probably live down south where you don't get frost in the ground. So when there's frost in the ground and it starts coming out, then um, the roads get really spongy. It's like driving on a, uh, like driving in a swamp uh, almost because the frost is holding water there and the roads break up really easily. So um, be careful, check out where you're going. Uh, make sure that you know the rules and regulations and uh, have a great day. Got a great guest coming up. Um, she's uh, going to talk about a lot of things and uh, it's going to be a good time. So remember, like, share, send it all, send it out to your friends and uh, talk about it. Send me emails if you want, crazyconnecttrucking at gmail.com. Have a great day and right into the interview. Here we go. I want to welcome my guest to the show today. I have a, an amazing young lady from Canada. She is a mother and a wife and a truck driver. She owns her own truck, so she's an owner-operator, and her name is Nicole. Welcome to the program, Nicole. How are you doing today? Good, how are you? Thank you so much. That's going good. So, obviously, um, that's your truck in the background. Yes, that is. I really like it. It's my very first truck I ever bought. Very first one. It's it's my first truck I bought. I bought it a year ago. Uh, It's a 1999 Peterbilt with a 60 Series Detroit. And I bought it off of a friend of ours um, who decided to get out of the trucking. And uh, it was a good deal. And it was well taken care of. And I knew who it was coming from. So I had faith and trust in it. So I picked it up a year ago. And I don't know. I love it. I've fallen in love with it. I know it's an older style, but uh, it's a style I really like. Actually, it's a long yeah. nose. It's just a pretty, it's a nice truck going down the highway. So it's yeah, cool. they rides pretty smooth and you got, it you does. Got a, it's actually really smooth. It's you got smooth. a good motor in there. Series 60. You, you can do it a lot with those motors and they're still fuel efficient. Oh, they're good. Yeah. Yeah. Really good yeah. on fuel. They have good pulling power. They, they love to run. So, and they go for a long time. I really like it. I'm really pleased with it. So we might as well touch on this right away since I can see it in the background. Freedom Convoy. <laughs> yes. Kind of a hot um, button topic. It is. It's a very, um, it's discussed quite a bit with uh, lots of different point of views on it. So I, I actually bought my truck just over two weeks before the convoy hit or went through North Battleford. Um, in Saskatchewan here, that was the next kind of meetup spot close to where I was. Uh, I decided to jump in and go. I thought, why not? It was just something that made me feel like I should go. I've never protested in my life. I've never really been a political person. Um, I never really felt strong enough or passionate enough to stand up for really anything. But there's kind of just something about it made me want to go. 
Um, and it's only supposed to go for the one night, just down to Regina, just to show support, snow for the brothers and sisters on the road, going to show them some support, but go back. So my truck was fully booked for work. Um, and then the morning of the convoy, my kids were supposed to go to mom's house for the night and uh, they convinced me to let them come with me. And I said, okay, well, it's one day, not a big deal. And then we ended up keep going all the way to Ottawa, stayed there for a couple of weeks and came back. So we were gone a total of a month um, to Ottawa and back. And that was an amazing trip for my boys and I had to go through. Um, there's a lot of controversy that came out of the convoy, a lot of uh, strong opinions about it. And I think putting all of that aside, my biggest thing I enjoyed the most was the bond that my boys um, built along the way, along the convoy. Um, we were in places we've never been to before. We were amongst thousands and thousands of people that we didn't know. And yes, we ended up making friends that became family to us um, along the way and people that we still talk to daily. Um, but we didn't really know anybody. So we kind of, it made us bond together really quicker um, and faster. And, and uh, it strengthened their bond of they had to rely on each other and support each other in different ways. And um, they got to see the countryside and we've never been, they've never been to Manitoba or Ontario. So they got to go to the countryside um, and they got to talk about it and experience it together. And then being out in Ottawa together, hearing the different stories, seeing other kids, they're able to talk to different kids, um, make different friends and make family, you know, gain a family out there. So it was a really important thing for a really amazing uh, journey that kids and I went on together and and uh, I was very proud of how they did. I thought they'd go stir crazy, like a month straight in the truck. We never got a hotel once. We never stayed at somebody's house once. We stayed in the truck for a whole month. And uh, I thought I was going to go stir crazy after a while, too, thinking of, you're going to have to eventually go crazy. But, you know, we just made do. We had a routine. You got up, you had your breakfast, and we hung out, did different things, did a little convoys, sat downtown, and, you know, talked to people, got out, listened to people's stories, and... And um, that was the biggest thing of, take all the controversial topics aside of the convoy, the biggest thing I think I enjoyed and I appreciate hearing was being able to talk to people on a personal level of their um, effects or their um, story when it came to the convoy, how it affected, to the COVID um, and how the convoy helped and supported them and seeing that uh, there was quite people that just needed their voice heard and listened and um some people just needed a hug and that really what it was it came down to is some people just needed to feel that human interaction again without restrictions and without judgment or or people being scared I wasn't scared I, I didn't it didn't bother me if I got COVID I got COVID it didn't bother me so we went we enjoyed it and I loved it and the and I, most of all I loved taking that journey with my kids and being with them on the whole time and just I don't know. I was very proud of them. I, it was a very big proud mom moment. I don't know if I quite have found all the words to it. Even a year later, I haven't quite found all the words to, to describe it all, but it was um, a journey that I was very thankful I was able to do with my kids. And uh, oh man, I don't know. It brings me almost to tears every time I think about it too. So that's pretty important. Pretty cool. Oh, how old are your boys? Or how old uh, were they Tyler then? Was, uh, Tyler was 11 and uh, actually was yeah, no, he was uh, 10 going on 11 and Emmett was seven going, well, just turned, no, he just turned eight. Sorry, I had to think about that. He had just turned eight when we left and Tyler was just turning 11 when we came back. So nice. Yeah, they were, they were, they became little men pretty quick and uh, very willingly too. They were really cool with it. Yeah. You still see the effects of that today with them? Like they have continued forward from there they have they're, they have their brother moments they like to fight or squabble about things but actually like even just this morning they were making their plan they're going to go into the shop and go and fix on one of the little quads that we have and they're making a plan and even my youngest one goes hey mom see we're still getting along so <laughs> i think it's helped them kind of respect and realize that they both have each uh, both have uh strengths and weaknesses and um, it was a conversation we had a lot during the convoy that uh, everyone has strengths and weaknesses and we can either let someone fall because of the weakness or we can support them um, because we can help them in that area that they aren't as strong in. And I think they kind of taken that and they've been helping each other a lot more and, and uh, trying to recognize, just trying to see people from like, for uh, what they can do to help them and where can they support them and, and uh, give them strength. So. 
That's good. I think that's, that's a really good teaching, good hands-on teaching. That's something that's so important and is done so little these days. And that's, mm-hmm. um, that's really bothered me in the last few years is that people want to have only one point of view. You know, I, I did a lot of yeah. media on whether I support the convoy and I absolutely support people convoying and standing up for their rights mm-hmm. and yeah. speaking their minds. Absolutely. You need to do that. And yeah. nowadays people want to bully others into only having one point of view or only, you know, I, I would go on news programs that are quite often totally against how I feel about things and on some others that were more aligned with how I think. And I had some people tell me, well, you can't go on that one because they have a different point of view from you, or they're just going to try to, I'm like, why, why would I not? Point of view so fearful. Yeah. And that's, that's what I kind of keep trying to say when it comes to the convoy has been a a big, um, conversation starter people see it on my truck people see it on my sweaters or like i have a lot of sweaters or t-shirts that have freedom convoy on it whatever people see the content i put out um they know i've been part of it some way or another and it becomes up in conversations quite often and uh and usually first and foremost and i'm a firm believer in this when i say um i'm not anti-vax i just chose personally for my own health i chose my own um i personally chose not to have the vaccination for my own decisions but just like before COVID happened, what you choose to do with your medical decisions was not my place to form an opinion or my place to be involved with. So I, it's not going to change just because COVID came around. And when you kind of open up a conversation like that, saying like, I'm not going to, it's not my place to form an opinion on it. It just simply isn't. I'm a mom. I will decide for my kids until they're old enough, mature enough and decide whatever they want to do. But until then, the only people I should be making decisions for is my children and for myself. And I need to be open-minded. I've taught people who have had their vaccinations and are supporting of it. And they think it's helped them. And I stand there and listen and go, okay, that's, it's a valid point. You feel you're safer with this. And that's good. I'm happy. That's, that's a good thing. You felt like you've done the right thing by yourself. All I should be doing is going, okay, that's awesome. I'm glad you were able to come to a decision that you're happy with. That's it. I don't yeah. need to say any more beyond that. I can spew facts and hope that I have gotten the right sources. I can tell you about stories that I've heard. I can tell you about all sorts of things. But when it comes down to it, unless that person specifically asked you that question of your opinion, it's not yours to give. So I just usually leave it alone. But try and keep it more of a neutral and keep the more positive side of the conversation because Convoy has become such a negative um, topic for so many. And uh, it's really sad because it, it shouldn't be such a negative thing. It was a really amazing, powerful um, movement that happened. And uh, one that many people are very proud of being part of or supporting of and stuff. And I think there's so much controversial since then and misinformation and you name it, strong opinions and people with ill intentions and stuff. It's, it's kind of, it's rocked it a bit, but uh, I just try and do my part and just talk about it positively and, and let people know that uh, it's not one way or the other. We can still all be in this. You can disagree with the convoy, but I'm still going to talk to you because I have no other, like, I have no reason to hate you. So Yeah. No I, lo- I love convoys. I, I go in as many convoys as I can, but um, you know, they, I love, you know, they are so much fun. People love seeing all the trucks running down the highway. I mean, usually for me, it's Special Olympics or it's things like that. You know, yeah. there's there's a lot of kids that will never become truckers still yeah. love seeing the big trucks. They still, there's yeah. a fascination with that and with the people that are capable and can handle those rigs going down the road. I mean, that's something that should always be celebrated. You know, I, I don't it's think... A- it, I, I, I never liked the blockades at the border. Um, mm-hmm. my, decision, my decision to get vaccinated, I was one of the last ones to get vaccinated, but um, I, I did it for my reasons, uh, even yeah. though I hate some of the aspects about it. And I feel that there's some yeah. strong, very, very strong drawbacks to it. Mm-hmm. But in my position, I couldn't 
I couldn't justify not getting vaxxed and not being able to cross the border and stuff like that. That was my decision. And I was very strong against this particular drug because as we all know now, it's not really a vaccine, but um, anyway, I, I like, (laughs) I like the approach that you take. And I, I mean, that's why I wanted to have you on because Mm -hmm. there's, it's not a scary thing. A convoy is not a scary thing. Having people stand up for their rights is not a scary thing. You know, we, we are not, none of the truckers were going out and destroying things. Nowhere ever, not even in the blockades. No, there was, there was none of that going on. And I was outside of Ottawa and then I was the last week I was downtown park downtown and I'd gotten to know a couple of the convoy guys down there. Um, and I said to them, I have kids and they kept saying, come on down. It's great down here. And I said, I have kids. I can't come down. And they said, no, come. It's fine. It's safe. There's other kids down here. And there's a couple of families down there too. And, uh, I had never felt so safe in my life. And I was born and raised Vancouver. So that, place is a little bit nerve-wracking it's a little bit of a scary place at times um it is high crime and stuff so I was kind of had the same mentality going to Ottawa thinking well it's going to be just like Vancouver it's going to be unsafe for my kids my kids are city they're my kids are country kids they're not they weren't raised with that defensive kind of mode they're raised with like oh there's a bear in the bush let's go and like you know get the dog and scare it back kind of thing like they're not they just have a bit of a different like upraising so I was a little bit nervous on that point but um, I checked it out and I had the agreement with the guys down there. I said, I need to be able to get out instantly with my kids if something goes sideways. And uh, so they actually rearranged the block for me to put me right on the, right next to the open lane. And uh, if anything were to happen, it was discussed that, um, that I go. get out instantly and they'd get me out. And uh, yeah. if I couldn't get out with my semi, then we had people with pickup trucks that would get my kids out. And we had plans. It was great. It was, and I never had an issue. Not once we, Talked to people, we fed the homeless. Literally, we had fed the homeless daily. We'd give them food, clothes, blankets, whatever we needed. Like, we would give money. We would, there was just, there was so much to it. And and it's kind of, it's been talked about, discussed so often about everything that the convoy did do. And then there's people that want to take away from it or say negative things about it. And I think really at this point, people have their opinions when they, it's their, their opinions have been formed on the convoy, whether they support it or not, or they're neutral on it or whatever. They like parts of it, not all of it. And I guess it comes down to the same thing about the, the vaccination and COVID is just, it's, you can form your opinion the best way you, or whatever way you want to. Um, I'm an open book when it comes to it. If you want to ask questions about it, I'm there for you, but I'm not going to tell you if you're right or wrong for believing it or not believing in it. So yeah. What was hilarious, hilarious to me is when they were trying to show how dangerous this was downtown Ottawa. And the one guy actually said on camera, there's a bouncy castle. And it was, and he was just at a loss for words because he couldn't, he literally couldn't think of scary things to say. He said, there's a bouncy castle. Like, oh my goodness. You know, I'm like, really? Bouncy castle on one um, block. There was a hot tub, like one of those inflatable hot tubs in another block. Our block had hockey nets and sticks. Uh, yeah. A different block had another hockey net and sticks, whatever, for the kids. And it, we would have random locals or people that are in there supporting the convoy that weren't yeah. necessarily on a truck downtown with us. They'd come and play hockey. Random games would just start up out of nowhere. We There was yeah. tons of jokes and tons of things. And, um, you know, I, I left my truck. I never locked it. I to be honest, I've never actually locked my truck. I can't do it. I can't lock my truck. So it was never locked. And I just asked the guys, hey, can you just make sure no one messes with it? I'm going to run to town or I want to get the kids out of downtown for a day or whatever. So I took them out and did something with them and came back in. And it was, there was never an issue. People never messed with my truck. They never, they didn't do anything to anybody. We had, there was, yes, they classified them as Antifa. They were trying to, or people that didn't support the convoy they were trying to sabotage some people got bad fuel or water in the lines or cut airlines or whatever like spray paint on their trucks there was some sabotage to our trucks yes there was that it's kind of a given we all expected like there's gonna be something happen i thankfully never had anything but our block was took a lot of rotations we we were constantly night watching so um just for that because we didn't want to these are our working vehicles they 
they're the ones that feed our families. So we yeah. were willing to put them down for a short time to help support this, but we didn't really want to risk losing them. Well, we didn't want them damaged if we could prevent it, but it happened and happened. Get it done, yeah. we'll deal with it, and we'll keep on trucking. So let's get back to um, the two-week-old trucking company owner, two-week trucking <laughs> company, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. What got you into trucking, and why? What what type of trucking do you do? Um, I got into I got into trucking. It's kind of a weird story. Um, I was actually a secretary at Stockyards, um, close to the town I live in. Um, and with COVID and stuff, things were getting close. Like with COVID, the, the mandates and stuff like that were coming in. It was getting kind of harder and uh, it was kind of end of season. There was a big change coming at work as well. And I thought, uh, and with my husband's job being restricted as it is, he wasn't going to work as much. or shutting the oil patch down. He also works as a rig manager in the, on the rigs. So that was kind of getting slower. And I was like, we got to start finding money somewhere sooner than later because we can't keep this up. And we, we do have a green farm, but we had a, a bad year as well. So it was kind of got hit three ways. So I said, uh, one of my, um, like one of the locals here in town, he had a custom silaging business and he asked if I wanted to come on a green truck, like the three ton silage truck helped him out, helps me out too for a bit of a job. I'm like, sure, why not? And he also had a custom hauling truck, custom trucking company. Um, and he just lost a driver. And, and I said, you know, if I got my license, would it help you? I can come drive once in a while. I don't know how much I could actually do kind of thing. And plus with our, our farm, we wanted to start expanding into beyond three ton trucks. We've been talking about somebody like my husband or his brother or me getting a license. So I thought, well, opportunities here. Why not get it? Go for it. And I thought I would only just drive once in a while, once in a blue moon, just to kind of help out here and there. I didn't think I could actually be, you know, a full time trucker. Like, well, how do you, I don't know. I didn't think I could do that. And, but as soon as I started taking my training, I had to do the SGI melt program. So full on in class and behind the wheel and stuff training, um, got my license. And as soon as I got behind the wheel, I was like, no, I think I want this full time. It was something, there was a sense of pride that kind of got sparked in me after getting my license. And, and for the first time I drove by myself, I'm like, I'm allowed to do this. Like really? Someone <laughs> yeah. trusts me enough to do this? Like, I don't know if I should be or not, but, um, I started hauling, grain and cattle in the beginning um cattle was my thing i loved hauling cattle uh, there was enough times though i got kicked and squished and annoying cows i didn't want to deal with anymore i kind of lost the love for them <laughs> after a bit but it was a cool thing like it was i don't know you felt like a super trucker <laughs> if you want to say that um with a lot of cattle it was fun i like working with cattle i haven't worked with cattle before so uh, it was a fun thing to do, but I did more grain, did some liquid fertilizer as well, um, and some gravel and hauling bales, whatever, some just smaller, not smaller, but those kind of jobs. Right now, I'm actually a fluid hauler, so I haul oil and water to like thermal plants and batteries. So I actually really enjoy that one. It's a fun job. Yeah. So that's all in so. the... Uh western northwestern saskatchewan i guess not really too far north but uh, yeah we're in the, the lloyd maidstone edam area where we're yeah. where i'm hauling right now is but this the fluid hauling's all over alberta and all over lots of different areas but that's the area i'm based out of right now so are you uh, i like it how often are you home are you home every night every couple of nights i'm home every night unless something really comes up there's the odd time that uh, i can't make it home from delays or road conditions or whatever the heck there is the odd thing but i work one week on one week off and i'm home at night so i work about an hour away from where our shop is based out of um and it's for the most part it was an industry so the oil industry you need to have experience driving you need to have some wits about you uh we are dealing with h2s in our oil it is a deadly gas that you can be affected by so you have to have several tickets and clean abstract driver's abstract and you can't just have an amateur junior driver out there um it does take a little bit of it's it's driving driving is driving but um it's a procedure that you have to do you just have to make sure you're really careful with because it can kill you really easily um and spills are not acceptable you just gotta be careful with your job so um 
I was kind of in, I was kind of surprised actually when I got the job um, to go in fluid hall. I didn't think I, I was in the industry long enough yet or not, but uh, got trained up and they, they, my boss drove with me for a week and he was like, no, you're good to go. He thinks he was fine with me to do it. So I've been driving, I've been fluid hauling since, oh my gosh, October, I think it is. So it's been pretty good. I like it. It's a good job. And I, I'm home at night. It is long days. We usually put in uh, between 13 and 15 hour days. There is some times that you are stuck on site or whatever. So you have your off bunk time and um, whatever. You have to just wait on site until something comes up or something, you know, tanks are too full or whatever the heck's going on. So yeah, it's a, uh, been a, it's been a good job actually I really enjoy this one a lot so and then having that week off is really nice for the kids to be home with the kids get their appointments done be with them see them more it's good yeah and it's nice that you're at least at, at your own for the most part you're at home every night anyway and it's mm-hmm. pretty sweet that way majority of the time yes yeah so how do you keep your water from this. sorry what's that how do you keep your water from freezing if you haul water um the tanks are usually the water is usually sitting at between like 30 to 50 degrees when i'm pulling it out of there it's um it's heated those tanks are heated so any of the fluid in there is warm if it's too cold you can't really pull it it's really slow it's not good for your pumps and your equipment and if it's too hot it will swallow your equipment equipment as well so it is not good it has to be kind of in a certain like between 60 and 80 it's kind of the ideal temperature when you pull stuff like pull any fluid and you're only driving it for usually about an hour, no more than an hour and a half before you go and push it off. And sometimes even have to sit, it drops down temperature, but not terrible amount. So I talked to one guy, uh, well, I've talked to many guys doing fluid hull, but, and usually I knew the answer to it, but, um, my listeners probably don't know, or they do now that, uh, <laughs> you know, there are reasons why it doesn't freeze. But one thing he said is yeah. you don't want to have a truck breakdown because then you can start getting into some issues. And so it was yeah. tough with some of the newer vehicles because they would have emissions issues and whatnot, and they would. Yep. <laughs> that is not yep. a fun thing. No, the DEF system is uh, one of those, con- those systems that lots of people have different opinions on. I'm not personally a fan of it. I would prefer not to have the DEF system online. I, yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of it, but some guys might not like it that much. I don't know if I really talked to me that likes it yet, but it's a system. I can't quite see the benefits of it, but also I have not spent the time to fully research all the ins and outs about it. I just know from a truck, truck side point of view, um, having to do regens and um death fluid and half time it's minus four your death fluid pumps don't work and you need your death fluid to run and yeah i i've researched it all so i can't really form a whole you know solid opinion on it but from personal from a driving standpoint i'm not a fan of the system it it's not very friendly to my industry so if you're just yeah. riding down the highway long hauls i can see it's better because it will do higher burns but i'm idling lots too so yeah yeah i don't, I don't want to needs- be it so it needs some uh it needs you to be running at good engine temperature for periods of good periods of time without slowing down so it operates properly yeah exactly i wrote an article about that um it just went up on friday so this is this is probably going to come out on wednesday i don't know my calendar i'm not looking at my calendar but um Friday, March 10th. So it'll be, yeah, Friday, March 10th, this article came out. And I wrote in there um, that the emissions controls is what killed my my owner-operator business. I was, mm-hmm. I love being an owner-operator. I was an owner-operator for decades. Um, and I just, I couldn't justify the sticker price anymore of the new trucks and the downtime. Yeah. And I, I was... Yeah. You know, I couldn't, I got away from the older trucks. I've always liked technology and I thought it was the way to go. And once I got into the newer trucks um, 
and the sticker price kept going up. I got bought my last truck in um, 2013. Two, yeah, 2013, I bought my last truck and it was a 2013 yeah. model. And um, I paid like 135, $137,000 for it. I sold the truck in, uh, no, sorry, I bought it in 2012. So I sold the truck in 2015. I'd kept it for three years. And to get the same truck, same specs in 2015 was going to be $165,000. So a $30,000 jump. And then a couple of years later, you know, to get the same truck today is, you know, pushing around the 200 grand mark. And it's just like the rates haven't changed. Like the rates have no. not changed that much to make it better, you know? And no. so that was the last truck I bought myself. I've been, I, I do like the, the way the newer ones work. You know, they are better. They have solved some of the issues, but it's just mm -hmm. so expensive for a single truck owner to have one of those. It's very it's tough. It's a tough thing. That's why I went to the older style. Not only do I like the older style, I like the toggle switches. I don't like the rockers as much on the dash. I don't, there's something classic, something really nice looking about the older long nose. Um, if I had it my way, I'd have had a flat top long nose, but that wasn't yeah. quite in the budget. So, but I do like mine. Mine works really good because I have bunks in my back. So, uh, I can take the kids with me for on the road and they have their own beds and they hang out and whatever. It's, it's a perfect truck for me. It actually has worked out really good for me, but, um, I know people kind of said like, you know, it's an older truck. Why would you do that? I'm like, well, you look at semis differently. You look at, um, like a pickup truck, uh, you don't look at a pickup truck and think, well, I'm going to buy that and, you know, whatever, start saving up for the next engine kind of thing for a semi. Like it's you, you're always going to be buying another engine. Give it a couple yeah. of years, give it so many miles or whatever. And hopefully if you maintain it properly, then it won't uh, dynamite on you, but you're always looking at the next major fix, but it's, it's kind of a given in the trucking industry. Like you are, you're making money with this truck. You got to put money back into that truck. And um, all the technologies, like all the sensors that I go and there's the newer trucks, there's just too much to it. And to, to try and make a dollar to actually be able to um, pay more than just your truck to try and support a family on that is really tough with a newer truck. Um, there's no doubt about it. Like I've had to put money back into my truck already with some engine work and stuff, but you know, it's, it's given, it's a given you're going to have to, but uh, I just, I felt the older trucks are just better for me. I personally like it, but the downfall to that is uh, these companies that you want to be an owner, like a lease on, like a, you want to lease on with some of these companies, they don't want old trucks. They want the newer trucks. They want, you can't be over seven years old or can't be over a certain amount of years. And so that kind of gets a really tight spot that you're looking for work on your own. You're buying your own trailers, your, your own contractor. Like there, it just, it opens up the industry to a whole kind of different ball game so the older ones are easier to work on less sensors less this and that some things are better some things are worse it, it it's a preference but price wise you can afford it better in my mind you can afford it better but companies don't the companies that have the higher paying jobs don't necessarily want to take you on because your truck's too old it, it's a cash 22 it really is it yeah. if someone has the answer out there i'm all ears i'm willing to listen because i'm still new at this game i'm trying to do the best i can with this living that i'm trying to have but I don't that's know. that's a thing you're in a fortunately you're in a pretty decent area you know mm -hmm. because you can haul water and you can haul uh crude or whatever else you have quite yeah. a few options there um yeah in the area I live, there weren't, weren't as many options for doing local runs that pay good, you know, and so yeah. it needed to be a little more long haul, you know, and there's other factors as well. I, I, I was the sole breadwinner for a long time, so I couldn't afford to yeah. take many chances, but, um, 
Yeah, there's I, not a lot of leeway in this industry for chances. No, if your truck goes down for even a week, even if it's on warranty, that's a week that your truck is not making money. That's downtime. That's you know, there's and they always find something that you got to pay for as well, even if you got a warranty job on it. So it it costs a lot of money when your truck goes down, and that's why we like to take that extra time in the morning. You check your oil, you grease everything up properly, you kick your tires. It's it's not just jump in and go. We like every morning when I fire up my truck to go to work, um, it's at least you, you got to go through your inspection and everything else. You you have to go through or else you. I know it takes time away from your day from working. Uh, that's an extra whatever hour in total from letting it warm up and checking your oil, making sure your fluids are topped up, making sure everything's good or, you know, drain your tanks and stuff to the next hour of your day that you're taking away from your family. But if I don't do it now, then my family's not going to get as much in the end. We're going to have to work twice as harder later on to make up for that downtime. So yeah, and there's six of there's... one half does the other. That's that's the thing. Like uh, Jim Park wrote for um, today's trucking that the new emissions coming out in 2027. Um, they also want to make a law that the manufacturers have to warranty the trucks for 12 years or something, or long anyway longer periods. And so when I was talking to uh, an editor about doing this article, I wrote about the emissions. I said, you know, they can make all the warranties they want in the world, but unless they are paying my downtime, I don't care what the warranty is. Because exactly as you said, there is still going to be stuff I need to pay for. You know, if they would say, yeah. you know, sign on the dotted line, I'm going to pay 200 grand for my truck or 170 grand for my truck, whatever, and they are going to be responsible if that truck does not roll down the road for my downtime for my income that i'm losing yeah okay i i can get on board with that but you think they're going to do that because we're going to no. they're not going to pay me a thousand dollars a day for the truck sitting you know no. they're, they're, it's just not going to happen not even close not, you no. don't you don't get anything and nine times out of ten um any warranty work i've had to like i've been involved with it's always, oh yeah, that's covering a warranty, but we can't do that job. It can't cover a warranty unless we get this and this done because this is now going to affect that part. Or, and it always seems to, it's the age old question of like, is it actually be covered under warranty as well? I've had that a couple of times recently um, with a different truck that, uh, that, oh, well, the truck has warranty, the engine has warranty. Oh, actually it wasn't part of the engine or it wasn't under the warranty classification. So it always seems to get you one way or the other. And, and yes, it is part of being a business owner, it's, uh, being a, you know, trucking company owner, like owner of a trucking company is that we're always having to put a little bit aside every month, every run, every, like I budget that into my run. Um, yeah. I put a little bit every time aside for the, my next engine job, but I also trying to still pay off the last one that I got done. And I'm trying to keep the rubber good on my truck and I'm trying to get, yeah. you know, the seats wearing out or the dash lights are burning out or like, there's always something that has to get done. There's always maintenance and wear and tear, but when you're putting, you know, what does the average person drive 60,000 kilometers in a year, whatever, and, and just their, their four wheeler. And we'll put 60,000 on and like nothing like on every shift I can put on, in a week, depending on my runs, I can put on anywhere between 4,000 and 7,000 in a shift. Depends on my week. There's been some weeks I was pushing 7,000. Just depends on what you do and how you do it and where you're going and stuff. So it doesn't take us long to add up the miles. And that's just one week we'll put that on. So yeah. it doesn't take us long yeah. to add up miles. And that there's a lot of wear and tear on those parts. And we're running at minus 40 and plus 30 and down rough roads and rocks are getting winged at us and it, and yet we still do it every morning we go out there we fire up that truck and we you know walk away while it's warming up we take a look back and go yep i love my job i love my life yeah still do it every day i yeah i mean i i that's therapy to me sitting in my yeah. truck and driving oh yes it is that's <laughs> has been conversations 
when you got so many hours by yourself in the truck driving along and you listen to music or you see something that sparks a memory or you see whatever the heck it is I will think about things and I'll start thinking about different conversations I've had and and I've I was a little bit worried at one point that uh, trucking would get in the way of my marriage. And, um, and there, my husband's actually kind of thankful for it because there's been times I've called him and been like, remember that time I got really, really mad and I just freaked out and I yelled at you. And he goes, yeah, I'm like, I was wrong. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I think about it and go, Oh, I see the point of view better. Yeah. I shouldn't have reacted that way. It, It makes you, I come home differently too. Now I have, um, I have a lot more time to, to kind of sort life issues out or any stress, stressful problems. I have time to like kind of, you have time to yourself to kind of like process it all and think about it all and what you need to do or what you want to do. So um, it is kind of a therapy in a sense. For me, it is. I've met some people saying that they had to quit trucking because they were left alone with, with their own head too long and it wasn't good. So it, it's a personal thing. If you don't mind it, that's a good thing. Yeah. I love the rumble of a truck firing firing it up in the morning and it fires up and you know, the new trucks aren't quite the same, but uh, it's still, it's still like I, right now I'm driving a 2018 uh, as I'm a company guy. So um, driving a 2018 and uh, it doesn't sound quite the same, but it's still turn that key. And it starts rumbling along and I'm like, yeah, still like doing this. I'm yeah. 30, 35, what is it? Uh, yeah, 35 years now. 35 years. I'm I've just done it. two and a half years into it so far. And I still like it. There's been moments. Oh, there's been moments I've like mentioned to like my safety hand at work or whatever. I'm like, I don't know why I'm the truck driver. I don't know why I gave up secretary work for this. I don't know why I'm doing this, but then you kind of get back in the road and you warm back up and you're heading down the road. And it's all that sunset that most people don't see or that sunrise that people don't see or that beautiful red glow that you're sitting just that much higher up in the truck and you're looking at it going, you know, and it's kind (laughs) of, sounds maybe silly to people that aren't in the you know aren't a truck driver haven't been in a truck while it's happening but in the morning when you're cruising you're loaded you're going down a hill your jakes are just barking and that sun is just rising and it's that beautiful sun red glow to the sky and it's just dead calm and quiet and all you can hear is your jake and it's just you're you feel strong you feel uh pretty I don't know. There's something about it. You just kind of go, oh, you know, it's pretty cool. A lot of people don't get to experience this very often. Pretty cool. So. Yeah, that's, um, I've had discussions over the years, you know, my kids, they're, they lost out on some things with me being a long haul driver, but they also mm-hmm. gained some things. My mm-hmm. kids were in places that others only dream about, you know, I, I'd have them down in LA or I'd have them in Miami. I'd have them in Toronto visiting family or I'd yeah. see family on the West coast or see friends somewhere else that, and for a while there it was my, my, my kids were like, I got to go with that for 11 days. Well, I got to go with that for 11 and a half days. You know, yeah. <laughs> it was a, it was a real yeah. competition during the summer who, was a, yeah. who managed to get a longer trip with that, you know, it's never, yeah. none of them ever got forced into it, you know, and no, I, uh, the funniest was one time I was going down to uh, Florida, going down to Miami, I think, or going down someplace and just last minute decided, you know, like take my uh, youngest daughter, Michaela, and she was in school and uh, I was, it was a real spur of the moment. It's like, hey, you want to go down Florida? And uh, that was a really nice trip. And uh, it's kind of an inside joke. Um, she was playing. She was a. Uh, can't even remember. What is it? What is the name of that handheld game console? She was playing this thing. And I'd always. She, she had to watch out for the lava balls or something. But of course, I'd mangle it and say, oh. "You're, what are you, you fighting the Labadudes again?" 
you know, and uh, <laughs> I st we still joke about that today that when she's she's playing a, a video game of some kind, I'm like, watch out for the Labadoos. And other people are like, what? What are you talking about? You know, so things like yeah, that, you know. Yeah, to know. It. My, there's, uh, a, there's a sense of pride when, sense of pride when you drive a truck and um, being able to haul this big machinery down the road and um, yeah. you're delivering fuel, oil, food, cattle, green, you name it, whatever parts. We're always delivering things that are, are keeping the world going. And we're not the only ones out there. We're just a small piece of the puzzle. Yep. that help provide for the country and provide for the industry and keep the world turning kind of thing. Um, and becomes when you're in a truck lot, especially when you're in a truck by yourself lots, it becomes kind of a this big world, but it's almost a small world. A trucking industry is a big world, but um, it's also very, very small at the same time. So it's kind of a different thing there. And, and when uh, you let somebody come into your truck, this is your home in your truck. That is your home away from home. And uh, it's somebody inviting somebody into your truck to come and say hi or visit or whatever, come check out your truck or whatever. It's, um, it, it is, uh, it's a personal thing and it's allowing someone to come into your personal space. And um, it's a big deal. And then be able to experience that with your kids to bring them into your truck to that. I think that's my favorite view. Every time one of my kids come with me, uh, when they come trucking, especially my oldest boy, he loves the truck. He is going to, he's told me he wants that truck. When he turns 18, he gets his license. He wants that truck. So <laughs> I told him, I made the deal. You can take it. When you turn 18, you get your license. I'll hand you the keys. You'll have work and everything for it. And he's got his plans and he's 12 now. So we'll see. Six years, he might change his mind and I'll be perfectly happy with that. If he doesn't want to do it, he doesn't have to do it. But if he wants to, the opportunity's there. But um to have him in there and every time I look over and he we both you you do your trucker waves at everybody and every time there's a truck coming at us and he'd be like oh mom look nice Peter built he does his wave and we both are sitting there doing it and I don't know there's just a sense of pride with it and having him part of that world and, and joining into that personal side of my world um that you're doing you're doing this you're involved in the trucking world to provide for your kids but they're not necessarily involved in it a hundred percent but when you get to bring them in and involve them in it, they get to see kind of what mom's doing. And there's always this smile and this grin that he always gives me. They look at me. It's just like, I got cool mom. <laughs> he always, it's very proud. And that, I think that's what keeps me going. Like it's long days, long hours. And there's days I'm in my truck going like, what am I doing this for? Like, I love it, but what am I doing away from my kids? But I come home and they're like, well, what's happened today? And how's it going? And what was the trucking like today or what did you do to, like they want to hear about it so as long as they're still positive and supportive of it and i've always made them that deal as long as they are okay with me doing it and support me doing it then i'll continue on trucking but the day that they come to me and say mom it's not working with the family anymore it's the day i leave it my yeah. kids have to come first and uh, they already deal with one parent who's gone all the time so i'm kind of the i can't be gone as much so yeah, got to keep them included in all these decisions, but they've so far been a trooper with it too. They've been very supportive of it. Um, they're not, they've, I couldn't have, I honestly couldn't have asked for better kids. And I think to go back to the convoy a little bit, I think the convoy actually really helped solidify what mom's doing. I'm not leaving because I want to be gone from them because I'm running out the door going, yes, no kids right now. Like I'm leaving the door going, all right, babies, I'll be back in, you know, however many hours back later on tonight love you see you later whatever this is worth it kind of thing like it's like they got to see um a different side of it and it um reassured them that, that i'm doing this for them the best way i can best way i know how so oh. it's good it's a good experience yeah you um i i did want to address that i mean okay that your attitude, your kid's attitude is amazing. That's, mm -hmm. um, thank you. That really sums up how so many of us are when we're mm -hmm. leaving our family. To me, family is extremely important. And yeah. what you just said there is a big chunk of reason why I started this podcast. Um, mm -hmm. Because not everybody understands. And I, I know I don't always have truckers on. But um, I, 
we leave our families and to go out to provide for your family. <clears throat> and yeah. my podcast is, even though you're away from the family, I can bring you family stories. I can bring you stories of people yeah. that have families or that have almost lost all their families because of some tragedy they went through and stuff like that. Yeah. So you miss out on yeah. your fam, some of your family experiences. I'll bring you some of those family experiences on my podcast. Um, That's awesome. I like it. Yeah. It, I like that you. style. I like how yeah. you can bring it. You kind of bridge the gap between the two. Yeah. I do like that. And you, you, um, of course, you mentioned some things to me uh, before we came on here, actually a few days ago, that people look mm -hmm. at you as uh, a role model. People look at you as a, um, let me see exactly what you said here, but it, um, It's a, yeah, you said in society's eyes, I'm amazing. I'm a female in a male industry. I'm a mom on top of it. Yeah. And yes, it's nice to be recognized, but not. But every male in the industry I work in is not being recognized for the exact same thing I do. I'm working yeah. here for my family just like they are. Why praise me for something yeah. others are doing just because I'm female? I love yeah. that perspective. I've had that conversation with many other women in non-traditional roles so yeah. uh, maybe touch on that some more i'm i'm very proud to be out there i'm proud to be a woman working in a male dominant industry and i just kind of made a bit of a tiktok actually just the other day about that because i keep hearing this um male dominant industry and it's like well there, there's more and more females out there and then it's you get different sides and different people perspectives and i I've seen different things from the feminists about how men should be treating men, women more equal. And I'm like sitting there going like, um, I don't understand where the problem is. I, I don't. And it is nice to get praise. Of course, anybody likes getting praise. And it is nice to be recognized and get praise for people going like, wow, you're a female in the male industry or you're a female trucker. You're, you're a fluid hauler. You're whatever. Like, and it, it is nice to get that recognition. But, you know, I work with, I work next and I see them on the road all the time. I work with a bunch of amazing men out there. They're doing the exact same job that I'm doing and they don't get the praise that I get. And I never want to discourage people praising people, but don't always just, maybe don't forget that there is a lot more out there. There's a lot, there's a ton of people out there, male and female and whatever that are, um, are doing these jobs. And um, they're working their butts off just like I am. They're not doing anything less than I am. They're, they're just as good. And I get treated equally out in the patch. Um, I don't have guys coming over being like, oh, step aside. You can't do this. Never once. But I've had the odd, you know, something break, a sheer pin or whatever. I've had to ask one of the guys to help me because I couldn't quite get it myself. He never treated me anything different than he would treat one of the other guys. Everyone always treats me the same. Um, there's no... There's no division out there. The, the, the division, the talk about the division between uh, male and female and recognizing females being in the male industry kind of thing, like, or that kind of stuff is, it's all outside of the industry. It's not in the industry. Um, I have yet to come across one trucker that has ever had the, ever, ever spoke to me and saying that I don't belong out there. And I'm pretty sure I would, I would, actually wager my truck on this that if if i ever had one trucker out there saying women don't belong out there or if they had that kind of mentality or attitude i'm pretty sure my other brothers and sisters on the road would take care of them so <laughs> where there is there is none of that it, the, any controversial topics of that or any negative talk about um female and male industries or vice versa it's it's not in the industry it's and i haven't seen it anywhere out of hauling cattle hauling green you do get the look when you jump out of a truck and someone's like oh, okay it's a woman okay and they're kind of like they ask you questions how'd you get into this how long have you been driving for not a problem i'll answer questions they're just curious like how to encourage somebody else to get into it and i really honestly encourage women um, and men both to get into this industry. It's not a bad industry. It's yes, not for everybody, but it's an amazing industry to be part of. You um, 
it's 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 uh I don't know it's a sense of pride that you gain being on that road and um you can walk into a truck stop and struck up a conversation with anybody in there. You look, you can pick us out instantly. Every trucker, you can be like, Oh yeah, he's a Kyle. He's a, you know, he's a hot trucker. And you go, Hey, how's it going? Where you're like, where you're hauling to, where you coming from, how long you've been on the road, whatever you, you always have someone to visit with and chit chat and continue on your day with. So that's good. Yeah. But there's, yeah, there's no, there's no division. I don't there. It's talked about, but I don't think it's there. I think it's, um, I think it's people that are too, dare I say, trying to be boisterous and loud and speak on behalf of women that don't need to be speaking on behalf of us. Like, I'm I'm capable of speaking up on my own. So if I have an issue, I'll speak up until then. I'm okay. But yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think we need feminist groups really that standing up for us. I think we're, we're okay. We're good. We're, we're treated yeah. equally. <laughs> There's a few things I'm really proud of. I'm really proud of in the uh, trucking industry. When you're rolling down the highway and I'm behind you, I have no idea what you look like. I have no idea what gender you are, what ethnicity you are. I have no idea. You're another trucker rolling down the road. And as long as you're not upside down in the ditch you're one of us you know yep. and um the other thing is when you go get a job in trucking nobody looks at you and says okay you're gonna make x amount of dollars but the guy next to you is gonna make more dollars because he's male it's none of that no nope. it's the same nope. you get paid exactly the same i do uh, as anybody I else do. out there I get paid the exact same wage as my cross shift does. So there's yeah. no, there's no, um, there's no, it's, it's equal. It's 2023. And like, that's the thing. It's like, come on, it's 2023. We're equal on all fronts. And I, I guess I have not personally come across it. Maybe in other industries, not, not not in the trucking industry, but maybe in other industries around the world that there is, um, there's not equal pay, whatever. I personally haven't come across it. I don't actually know anybody that's dealt with it or come across it, but I can promise you and guarantee you from all my experience and people that I have talked to, male and females, that we are all treated out there equally. This batch doesn't care if you're male or female or what you are what you look like or what culture you have all they want to know is can you get it from here to here and on time and cost the least amount of money that's all they want to know so they that's don't exactly care right yeah and they're going to so pay that, the same way as long as you're capable it really none of the other capable. stuff matters none no. of that matters it doesn't no and uh but yeah. I, I just wish that i really do wish people would um yes it's nice to praise women driving track everyone's like oh it's a woman driving a track it's cool yeah it is cool to see them out there but don't forget there's a lot of men that have been doing it for many many years that are providing for the families just like the rest of us um that are doing it and be surprised the how many you'd be really surprised you see a trucker and you think oh he's a tough rough guy he must be whatever people instantly judge a trucker and think they must have a bad pass they can't get any better job than this you know we can make some pretty good money because we work pretty good hours but, you know, they might look tough and gruff and whatever, wear a leather vest, or they might, you know, have a trucker hat and swear a couple times more than you'd like them to do. But, you know, you probably don't even know how many tears he's cried driving down that highway, knowing he's missing his kid's birthday, he's missed his anniversary, or he's not making it home for Christmas because of the snowstorm. You have no idea how many tears those guys have cried on the road, myself included. Lots, so, lots of tears. Yeah, and but I, think about I, that one too. That's something you got to really consider. I would take just about any driver, and no matter what they look like, there is. I I don't think there's. I I think truck drivers as a whole appreciate family and kids and other mm -hmm. people more than anybody else, any other group. Yeah. Yeah, we 
sometimes we're a little bit more of a loner, but the heart that we have for are used to it. The heart that we have for families is yeah. huge, huge. You you yeah. wanna you wanna break a, a truck driver down, you'll when they come across a crash and they're trying to assist children that are dying or others that are dying. Yeah. You know, there's none there's nobody yeah. that's like, oh well, you know, it's no big deal. Every one of those truck drivers comes away from there and they are heartbroken just as much, not as much as the family involved, but they are heart, heartbroken. And we see this all the time. They're shooken up pretty bad and they have to continue on with their job and still pull that load and make those miles. And, but they're going to, I think that they, uh, from what they see on the road, the accidents, the near misses, oh my gosh, near misses are insane. How many I see, and they're not truckers. They are four-wheelers. Near misses I see constantly. Um, I go home at night and I hug my kids extra hard because it makes me a little more... Trucking has made me a lot more humble in life. Um, Life is a lot more precious and it's um, not taken for granted as easily because it can be over in a heartbeat. There's been close calls even for myself. Um, I've watched close calls. Thankfully, I have not been in a wreck. Um, it's a, it's a tough, it's a, it's, it's a humbling industry. Yes. You, you like you said, you, you kind of become a loner. You, you're kind of trained into it after hours of being by yourself. You kind of get trained into it that you're, you're used to being alone. You're comfortable being alone and it's all right. And so when you're, I've noticed it, like whenever, after I'm done shift or whatever, and I've come home for a week off. Um, we have a get together, we go to someone's house and someone's like, Hey, you're kind of quiet. What's going on? Or you're kind of a little more to yourself. It's like, uh, I'm adjusting coming back into being around people and so much more noise. Um, I don't have that kind of white noise of the engine drowning everything out in the world. Um, and I don't know what to say because I've just been a week in my truck and all I could talk about is why I hold 27 cubes here and 30 cubes there. And I vented on that one. And I didn't, this was an oil, but it turned out to be a lot. Like I don't really have a lot to add to the conversation. So, unless you yeah. want to talk about oil patch, I don't have a lot to add to it. So, yeah, but it's yeah, it, it's a humbling, it's a humbling uh, industry. I think. Um, yes, we might look like these big bad asses out there, whatever, rolling down the highway with these jakes and loud horns and stuff, but. I think you find a lot of teddy bears behind uh, behind the wheel, to be honest. And actually saying that word, teddy bear, oh, the, oh, the song Teddy Bear. You must know Brad, what I'm talking about. Brad Sovine, Teddy Bear. Yeah. It'll bring me to there, tears almost every time. One, not one trucker can, uh, hasn't cried to that song. Because... Yep. And when you sit there and listen to that song, it describes us perfectly. Like, I would have turned my truck around. I would have headed back just to give that little boy a ride. I would have done it. If I heard that conversation on the radio, I would have called dispatch. I'm going to be late. Let them know. Got to go. Got to do this. Because yeah. it's what we do. It's what we do. So, uh, you know, <clears throat> I, um, I participate in as many Special Olympics convoys as I can. And I... Okay. I, I try to take a special Olympian with me because we're allowed to mm-hmm. do that. Right. And yeah. that is so much fun. That is so much fun. The last one I was oh, in I can only imagine. was a few years ago or a couple of years. Uh, yeah. It says there. Yeah. I'm just looking at a plaque I have on my wall here, but um, I was pulling a RGN, uh, pulling an RGN trailer and, uh, removable gooseneck for equipment and i took uh, hockey sticks and attached them to the sides of the trailer and had flags flying on them and uh, put a bunch of kids toys on the trailer and strapped them down at like dump trucks and little little things like that and had um i can't remember what else i had on there and uh my truck won the uh athlete's choice award that year that was pretty oh, cool nice 
because they they go and look at all the trucks and then they decide which one they think is the cutest and quite often if there's a pink cement truck there that one will win you know this this year this year mine mine won because i had all the flags and i had special olympic flags there i i i cheated and got some from the special olympics committee and canadian flags (laughs) and um all the toys and everything strapped down on my deck and that was that was pretty neat so that's that's my most one of my most favorite things i have up on the wall just above my above my monitor i i can see it looking at it so yeah it's pretty cool few things very few times a trucker will say no if it means putting a smile if it means being able to bring you into our world, into our truck, to our personal space. Um, if it really means something good, something to somebody, a child or anything like that, you always, it'd be hard pressed to find a, a trucker that wouldn't be willing to take time out of their day and do that. I, that was a huge thing that I got to do downtown in Ottawa during the convoy was uh, having kids, family, parents felt more comfortable. I wouldn't, the other guys were very approachable. Don't get me wrong, but I think the, mom to mom parent to parent and they could see that i had my kids with me right there and they can see my kids were not you know abused beaten or wrong, whatever that it was yeah. a, it was a positive uh view for them so lots of times the kids would come up and they want to talk and ask and the kids would be like you want to come see the bunk you can come see the truck and these kids all the kids haven't been inside of a semi or all they got to do is stand on the step and look inside and we're like yeah take your boots off go on in kids have toys back there you can check it out hang out whatever yeah. you want to do so parents and i'd stand outside and talk my kids would give a little tour in the truck and show them like where they sleep and what you know what we have and these kids got to sit in a truck and and it, whatever yeah that's my home that's my personal space but uh i don't know it, well, they, you never know in... that might have sparked something in one of those kids and you, they might be yeah. the next big trucker they might be you know that, that they might talk about that one day I got to do this kind of thing. You never know what what uh, impact you had on somebody's life. So maybe they'll stand up for themselves for in the future. Maybe they'll take the uh, chance to listen to somebody else, somebody else's opinion instead of just their own. You know, maybe you know yeah. stuff stuff like that from the convoy as well. If they do ever take a stand for some reason, if they felt it would be um, to do it. To, to make a stand for themselves or whatever against something, then maybe they will take that same approach of, hey, I'm here to get my word across, but I'm going to be respectful and polite. Maybe they'll take that as well. Yes. So yeah. we can show them how it can be done. Yeah. So, yeah. It's cool. been uh, a lot of fun having you, Nicole. You're, uh, you're Thank awesome. Thank you. I really appreciate and coming on. It, um, we will uh, catch up in the future some more. And uh, sure. any final, we'll any final thoughts before we uh, sign off here? Oh, just keep shiny side up. <laughs> Those wheels turn and keep shiny side up. Yeah, that sounds good. So I want to remind everybody to like and share. Uh, send me comments if you have questions about trucking or questions about mental health or things that I talk about on here. Please uh, send me a message. You can go to my website, crazycanottrucking.com. No G on the end of trucking. Uh, you can send me a message, email at crazycanottrucking at gmail.com. Uh, you can check out all my social medias. Whichever way, get a hold of me or talk to somebody else in your circle. And, uh, thank you, everybody, for following me. Have a great day.